we have so many options, which is beautiful. We have this gorgeous buffet of, well, I could pursue a career. I could pursue, I could pursue parenthood. I could pursue both. I could do it all. I could have this huge giant plate of options. And some of us get to this buffet table, like we're thrown out of high school. It's like, okay, be, do your thing. Bye. Because we have so many options, some of us stagnate because we're too scared to pick an option and maybe it turns out to be the right one or maybe we found something that we love so much and we're making it way harder than it needs to be we're forgetting to have fun and enjoy the process Hi, welcome to the Openly Spoken Podcast, where we talk about the real and raw messy middle of business and life transitions. Today on the podcast, we have Camille Rooney. Camille is an academic coach, a nonprofit founder, volunteer, wife, and parent. She left a successful career as a creative director to pursue medicine. And being a mature student and took years of personal development and discovering new study habits to bring her GPA up and to also keep up with her peers without burning out from the demands of medical school. Today, because of that, Camille gets to empower students through the non-trad accelerator online course and coaching program, which I have linked in the show notes. And in that program, she helps students uh, enjoy their education, earn higher grades while studying less and save money on school, all because she believes that your goals have incredible value. Camille's work has been featured in the New York City Journal, countless podcasts, and all over social media. Now, while we are talking about the education system, juggling schoolwork, and all of that, I think this episode will be very valuable to you as an entrepreneur because learning is key to your success. You don't have to be in school or considering going back to school to benefit from the memory hacks and learning tools that Camille shares in this episode. And this is our final episode for season one. And we will be back with new episodes beginning Tuesday, January 18th. But until then, you can connect with me on Instagram over at Self Express Babe. You can also catch up on old episodes if you are new to the podcast. You can also send me requests for anything that you want to hear here that you think will benefit you. Please let me know. I am here to serve you with this podcast. And I'm so grateful that you're here and that you've listened to season one. And I'm so excited for season two. Just so you know, a little like behind the scenes of this, by the time season one premiered, all of it was already recorded. So this whole time that you've been listening to season one, if you've been here uh, since day one, I've already been recording some of season two and it's oh my god it's so juicy it's uh yeah there's gonna be so much goodness so without further ado get, get your notebook get some tea or coffee and let's dive in thank you so much for having me you're welcome camille thank you for being here for the people listening, let's start by giving a little introduction about you and your journey currently. All right. Yes. Okay. So long story short, 
I returned back to school after having established a successful career in a completely unrelated field. And I went back to school to pursue medicine. And I was under the very false impression that my life experience alone, being older, would um, help me sail through these um, more difficult science, hardcore science courses that I had no experience in. That was that proved to be very false. And I essentially felt flat on my face, even though I was what I now recognize I was overstudying. I was working my butt off and having no results for that. In the meantime, I, my husband and I had our son and, you know, got married, did all that fun stuff. And I knew that something had to change. So I completely pivoted how I approach my studies, how I approach my schedule. I became obsessed with learning how to learn. And in doing so, I um, now managed to be an active volunteer and be the mom that I like to be, be the wife I love being and doing all the things that come with being like a responsible contributing adult while being in school. And that allowed me to shift my GPA from a 2.3 where I was working my butt off to now a 4.1 with like a third the study time that I was doing before. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you've really like stepped into everything that you desire in your life, which is amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it came from being intentional, not, um, yeah, not just trying to do what everyone around me was doing. Mm -hmm. I do have some friends who are in school right now. One of them is in medicine. I know she's listening. Hi, I love you. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And I always see a lot of, and I even did this when I was in college, a lot of like overnighters and I would love your, like, I have my own opinions on why that's not healthy, but I would love to have your perspective on like why that's actually not helpful or maybe it is helpful. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like you and I are in the same camp here. I used to attempt to pull all nighters, um, but they were yeah, they're just, they're not sustainable is the big issue. I think is the bigger, broader issue. What you need to be asking yourself, if you are pulling all-nighters, one, give yourself some grace. You're probably doing what you know how to do at the time. Um, So appreciate, yeah, you're doing, you're doing your best with the tools that you currently have. Um, What is so much more effective and not to mention like way more fun is to break up your study sessions. I always tell my one-on-one coaching clients to front load their studying. So that means that you're doing a little bit every day, starting at day one and you keep it going. And when I say studying every day, I mean like it can be three minutes. That's Mm -hmm. way better than nothing, but you can replace easily replace like what we call like an eight hour, 12 hour, however long cram session. That's just, you know, however many minutes a day, depending on how many classes you have and what your exam schedule is. It's so much easier. You're not feeling stressed because by the time you're in, like, even by the time you're a week into your daily studying, you know, the stuff from day one, like backwards, forwards, upside down, you know, it so well, you can explain it to somebody else um, confidently. You know what you can ask yourself, like what kinds of questions are likely to be on the test but also you show up for test day, actually rested, probably more well-nourished, more calm. Like you're not dealing with that anxiety, um, especially if you struggle with test anxiety. And 
another issue that I have with pulling all-nighters is that people attempt to um, replace their their basic human need for rest um, yeah. and sanity with caffeine. And that's, I mean, you take what's good, what, you know, what feels good to you. But oftentimes if you try and chug caffeine, if you're chugging caffeine at like 11 or midnight, uh, chances are you're probably not going to be showing up as your best, most confident self for test day. So uh, that just feeds into the anxiety, right? So yeah. overall, not the most helpful method, not the most sustainable method, but I totally get why people are using it because they're not studying every day. So they're needing to clump their study sessions together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm guilty of having done it too, but not anymore. Yeah. I love the front load studying thing. I saw that actually in your story yesterday. What I'm curious about is I know some people who seem to have a lot to study. How do you handle that? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, what is a lot to one person, you know, is different to another. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to, well, a few things. The first is planning. Um, And with that, when you're planning, you need to be realistic with yourself. And I'm not suggesting that anyone like lower your course load, lower your expectations, be realistic about whether or not this even sounds like fun to you. Mm. That's going to make such a huge difference. Like if what you're doing, if you're doing all these like crazy things, but they're so fun and they just like light you up. That is fantastic. You get to do that. Like, so, okay, cool. So Let's be realistic about when you get to fit that into your schedule and prioritizing rest. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of um, the reason people, uh, we get overwhelmed um, is from task switching. So you do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you're without ever actually getting much of any one thing done, you're pulling yourself in all these different directions it comes to being in the moment, which is so much easier said than done. It does take practice, but something that's worked really well for me when trying to do quote unquote, like all the things is just even 30 seconds of once you're done one thing and you're about to transition to the next task, um, closing your eyes, just taking some deep breaths. And I like to ask myself, who do I need to be? in this next, whatever, in this volunteering opportunity as a parent, as a whatever. And it's not about, well, I need to be the smartest. I need to be whatever. I find that like nine times out of 10, um, when I'm interacting with other people, they need me to make eye contact with them. I find that eye contact makes the biggest difference a lot of the time. And just realizing like, that's all I need to do right now. Mm-hmm. I just need to be present. I don't need to know, ha- have all the answers. I don't mm-hmm. need to be doing all the things right now. I just get to be this for the next little bit until it's time to switch. Other yeah. times, you know, you need to be, um, I, do, I dislike the word productive, but you can get, a, you know, re- figure out what really moves the needle for you. And be like, okay, I'm just going to do that one thing for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to get done right now. And because you front loaded everything, you're just doing a little bit at a time. There isn't that overwhelming stuff going on. 
the last thing that I want to mention in regards to that is scheduling flex time into your routine or your schedule, at least because life is going to happen. That's a guarantee. Mm. Someone's going to be sick. Your car is going to break down, like whatever life is going to happen. But when you've prepared for that, when you're expecting it, instead of freaking out and, you know, catastrophizing what's going on, you get to give yourself some grace and you get to the opportunity to choose about how you want to see it. Like, ah, sweet. Okay. The bus is late. Well, now we get a few, some extra minutes, like listening to my favorite jam song and dancing or, you know, using a flashcard study app, if that feels good to you, whatever the case is, uh, you get to choose how you respond to that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Your approach sounds very, very intentional. And I love that. <laughs> it is. It is. I think that's what's missing in a lot of, in a lot of people's approach with studying. It's first of all, the intention. Second of all, being present really, it makes everything better from my experience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not someone who went back to school after all these other life things. I still don't have kids, but just even in entrepreneurship, being present and just dropping in and softening my body when I feel stressed has helped me like align with like, who am I? What do I want to create? What do I want to offer? And so much creativity comes from that. (laughs) Absolutely. And confidence. Um, That was one of my complaints when I looked at um, the big study gurus out there. I never saw myself in them. I felt like they were tailored to, and this is you know, the majority of the students, the traditional student, if you will, they were tailoring to people who had nothing else going on in their lives other than school. And Mm -hmm. that just wasn't working for me. I kept receiving the messages, whether directly or indirectly, that you just needed to work harder. You just need to push harder. If you weren't getting high enough grades, it's because there is, you were either doing something wrong or you probably have a learning disability and Mm -hmm. higher education just isn't for you, which is which is false. That's ridiculous. Um, so I, I felt called to be that voice of, yes, you can, you can achieve all these great killer, exciting goals that you have, and you don't have to lose your sanity doing it. Mm -hmm. I'd love to dive into that aspect of like people who think that, that they might have a learning disability, or even if they do, because, uh, for example, in the relationship I'm in, I have a college degree, but my partner doesn't. And he has a way better job than me. And he's like, he's always had trouble with school and he would love to go back to school, but the school system just doesn't and has never worked for him. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you have clients, how do you know, like how to custom it to how they learn? Like how would anyone know what method works best for them to learn? Excellent question. So good. And I love that you bring up like, okay, I could go on forever about how public education has like as a system failed, um, failed a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, if you if you genuinely feel like you may have an intellectual or a learning disability, there's no harm in finding out, go get that checked. Um, there's some pros and cons to that, of course. Um but it can be really empowering. I was like 28 or 29 when I finally got my ADD diagnosis. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes so much sense. And of <laughs> course, there's some, there's always going to be a question of, is there a genuine 
biological uh, learning disability is that you do have a beautiful, fully functioning brain that's got so much going on. Of course, it's difficult to focus. Of course, things are going on. Or is there just realistic, unrealistic expectations? What I like to ask people at first, learning disability or not, um, what's worked for you in the past? Mm. Like we're, you're capable of speaking, uh, we're capable of speaking the same language. So you've clearly learned, yeah. you know, English, um, you've shown up today. Like you've clearly learned this, like give yourself some kudos. You are capable of learning. Yeah. You've made it this far in life. You're, you're probably successful by someone's um, definition. So yeah, give yourself some credit. And then it's about, I try to give people whatever tools, um, Either I've found to work be very beneficial to myself or my one-on-one cl- coaching clients. Um, I also have uh, like some standalone courses on like how to stay focused and how to do blah, blah, blah. Basically, I give people all the tools that I feel will work for them. And then we give it a try. We say, mm-hmm. okay. And something else that I would, that's so important with that is that different techniques, regardless of whether it's work or um or education, different techniques are going to work for different types of content. So for example, I read a biochemistry textbook, like actually the reading portion of reading that textbook is very different than how I would read like a rom-com novel or, you know, something, Mm. something corny or a comic book. Like there's different areas of the brain that work well. So you kind of think, okay, Mm. well, this technique works really well for me when I'm doing bookkeeping but I can't do it when I'm trying to learn physics. So then you, you switch and we try different things and you say, okay, but honestly, the mindset is the most powerful thing that you can do to shift your productivity to like do whatever it is you need to do is just believing that it is possible that you can achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. That, that time that tends to just break the seal that, and then you get to play and actually enjoy yourself. I feel like so few of us forget that, like you get to have fun in this experience. Yeah. That's so true. Mm -hmm. I think it's because like, we're like that when we're children, but then society tells us that it's like not safe to be that way for some reason. Mm -hmm. That's at least been my experience, but I love that you bring up the mindset because I, I wanted to ask that next, like, what are some of the most common things you've seen as far as mindset? that holds people back from going back to school or even testing to their full potential? Ooh, such a good question. <laughs> the, the most powerful one is maladaptive beliefs or false beliefs and true beliefs that either there's three, three big ones. I'm not smart enough. Like I'm incapable. I don't have time and I don't have money. Those mm-hmm. are all so false. It drives me nuts. But of course, um, when you go looking for evidence to support those beliefs, you're surrounded by it. So um, you can easily say, well, no, I'm not smart enough to go um, become a nurse. Like I, I hardly passed high school. So why would I be able to do this? Of course. Yeah, that was, but that was, that was a different version of you. 
you were studying different material using different techniques. Now you get to push yourself and try something new. And isn't that exciting? And yeah, it's possible because look, there's all these other people who aren't as intelligent as you or whatever. Intelligence is a whole nother, like such yeah. a cool thing to study. Like that it, it seems impossible to define. Uh, and to, and to properly measure and study, but like, that's, that's just a thought. And in its most powerful manifestation, it's just a thought. Mm -hmm. It's you that's putting actions based on that belief, that Mm -hmm. thought, it's just a thought in your head, not having money is something that I help students with as well, or future students because there's so many more resources out there that you probably don't even know about. It's not just student loans. It's not just scholarships for like the super, super whizzes out there. There's so many more resources out there. So you can end up not only not having to pay for school out of pocket, but maybe you get assistance with childcare and housing as well, because Mm -hmm. it's in our global community's best interest for you to be making money for you to be serving and impacting the community in a broader sense. So yeah, there's, there's yeah. fantastic options out there. Um, and time is, is so full of baloney. Of course you don't have time. If you haven't, if it's not in your schedule, it's not going to get done. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so you get to, you get to play with it and you know what? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're not work- working full time in school anymore. And it probably wouldn't be fun to anyways, if, but some of us do end up working full-time in school and having all these other roles and that's okay too, mm-hmm. but it's a choice. It, it's not like it's either someone ha- has nothing but spare time on their hands and they get to go to school. And then there's those of us who don't, it's about intentionality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we do have to balance working and school. And it's totally possible. I worked two waitressing jobs when I was in college. That's amazing. Parents, thank you. Yeah. Cause my parents could not afford my tuition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I was like determined. I was like, I am getting a degree. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm Way doing to go. It. Thank you. It was really hard though. I definitely <sighs> sacrificed yeah. my social life because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was always at school at mm-hmm. work or doing homework. So like mm-hmm if I would get invited to go out, I'd be like, no, I got to (laughs) work. Yeah. Yeah. Or study or, and then I'm, I can guess that, um, maybe some other areas of your life were impacted as well. Like your nutrition or your sleep quality and, uh, sleep, probably nutrition. Yeah. Nutrition is something I'm actually pretty good at because like I'm a huge foodie and I've always been since I was maybe like 12. (laughs) Yeah. This came up when I pulled my audience. Mm -hmm. What about people who say, cause I I believe this is a limiting belief or maybe they just need to, uh, recognize like a different approach on how to learn. What if they just say, I hate learning or it's not fun for me or like Mm -hmm. that they hate reading. Like what about that? Cause in my opinion, in the world we're in now, with things moving so quickly, even if you're not going back to school, I think knowing how to learn and loving learning is so vital to our happiness, really. Yeah, not only that, but your success long-term, being able Mm -hmm. to scale even in your current role, if that's where you choose to stay, fantastic. And I would also say, uh, can I swear? 
Did I swear? Oh, that? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I've been like restraining myself this whole time, and I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Um, okay, that's such bullshit. I challenge anyone who's thinking right now that I hate learning, I I hate reading, whatever. It's such bullshit. You are reading right now because you're speaking, like you're learning, sorry, because you're here listening to this podcast. You're reading when you're scrolling Facebook and reading someone's, uh, you know, update or whatever. We're already constantly learning. Or maybe you like to learn about um, cool, creative recipes. Like once you find your topic, like, hell yeah, you love to learn. Of course you do. It's material specific. It's content specific. Mm -hmm. And I love challenging people like, okay, what if, what if, what if you secretly love learning about physics, but of course you didn't like physics in high school because you had an awful teacher and the textbook was your biggest of the bunch. And there was all these other things like, yeah, of course you didn't like to learn that who would, right? Yeah. (laughs) Also you get to attach a bit of a, you can, you can choose to perceive it as like an ends to a mean, like maybe you don't love physics, let's say, but you're choosing to go back to school because you're going to be the next like badass dental hygienist or whatever it is. Um, you're going, you, you have to take these classes. There's no getting, there's no getting Mm -hmm. around them. Mm -hmm. You can choose to make it fun. Still, you can say, you can choose to either say, you know what, this version of me today I don't have to be here all the time, but today's version for the next five minutes, this version of me loves learning about this specific part of this content. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe your motivation for learning it is strictly because you get to brag about it later at supper time and be like, look how smart I am. That's fine too. If that gets you the end result, fantastic. But yeah, I, I do challenge your listeners. Like that is such bullshit. You are constantly learning all the time. And you get to choose what you have fun doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a key piece too, of like finding your topic that you love mm-hmm. because that, I feel like that is so juicy because if, if you find something you can literally learn about for the rest of your life, you have to lean into that either if you're going to do it for work or do it for just some side thing where every day after your job, you read up on that or you do that activity. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like that breathes in so much vitality. Absolutely. And I personally believe education in whatever form you choose to receive it in is the best investment that you can make on yourself. Like if you're, if you are an entrepreneur and you're invest, you know, investing in learning about a specific niche that you want to get into or get a bit more experience with, that is fantastic. There is going to be a direct financial return from that investment. Just like if you go to um, pursue your education, um, that increases your overall lifetime income Mm -hmm. that you get. There's, There's nothing but reward when it comes to learning. Yeah. What's so cool is that it's always in your brain forever. Like no one, no one can take it from you. Yeah. What would you say though, to people who do struggle with memory? Like, do you have any hacks for that? (laughs) I have so many lessons on increasing your memory. 
like everything from names to long number sequences. And it's, it's just a story in your head. Mm. That's what it is, is well, you can. Okay. Okay. I, I hear, I see the resistance there. Let me challenge you on this. If you tell yourself I'm bad with names, you're going to create that end result for yourself. But there's so many tools and techniques out there that I like to teach my clients about how to memorize things. One of the problems is that in typical, you know, grade school education, we aren't actually taught how to increase our memories, how to retain and apply information. Like that's true intelligence, in my opinion, is like being able to like apply it in new novel situations. That's creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not taught to be creative with numbers, mm-hmm. with faces, with names, with dates, all that kind of stuff. We're taught to parrot information, yeah. essentially. Yeah. No fun, not helpful. I mean, it might get you an okay grade when you're like in elementary or like in grade school, which is fine, um, but it's not really serving you. So what I like to do, especially as a visual learner, I create stories in my mind or shapes. There's all kinds of fun ways that you can do it. Um, One of them is uh, about using place, location to memorize things. So let me walk you through an example. Let's say you go into a room in your house, which is um, somewhere that you are so familiar with that you can, in your mind, look around a room, any room, let's say your mud room or your your entryway. Okay, close your eyes. (laughs) You can look around and you can say, okay, there's always like shoes to my left on the floor. There's a coat rack above straight ahead of me. I see a clock over there is this room over here is this you can see in your mind and you could even do the reverse. You could look around from the other direction, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are items that you have memorized. You couldn't forget them right now. Even if I asked you like, where are the shoes in your room? You could like look in your mind's eye. Okay. Now let's say you wanted to memorize a sequence or names or numbers, whatever it is. This technique allows, suggest to you that you can, okay, let's imagine again, those booths on the bottom, on the floor to your bottom left, you could say, okay, that's my first item that I'm going to remember. And then now I want you to tell your mind some kind of relationship between the booths on the floor and whatever it is you're trying to memorize. Then you move up to the next thing. You tie a story to that and the thing that you're trying to memorize. And I mean, you don't want to start off too hard. Maybe you just, you know, three or four things in your mudroom that you can tie to something that you're trying to memorize. You can't, un- like, because you, you're you so familiar with these environments, now you, whenever you look to your boots, you always, like, um, for example, when I think of helium, the first thing that comes to my mind is a balloon, helium balloon. Okay, so when I'm trying to memorize the periodic table of elements, very first thing I think of, and is helium is a balloon. Another option is that, okay, so the next item, let's tie a story to that. So now it's a story of like a balloon and the next item, and you just, you know, the chain gets to go on and you can actually create like really fun, bizarre, crazy stories <laughs> that you like, they're just so wacky that it's just like, oh yeah, I forget. I remember like the story and you could even start halfway into the story and still, well, I know what happens next in this story because it was, it's freaking nuts. 
I can definitely see how that makes learning and test taking fun because you get to like recall these stories. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, (laughs) there's, there's some rules for these stories and it's, what is it? It's like, they gotta be, they have to be, um, bizarre, naughty, uh, like sexual, if you want, like, it's just whatever, (laughs) who cares? No one else is ever going to like know these things, but because they're so crazy and so, so fun, it's just like, it's just fun to think about. You can do the same thing with numbers too. Kind of looks like a swan. If you mm-hmm. want to think of that, number one kind of looks like a stick. Mm. Number three, you kind of, you know, a bra or, a lily pad. or whatever, <laughs> little beautiful, even better. See, I always go to, the, I was trying to relate it to a swan and a stick. <laughs> Genius. Okay. So you then, once you've pictured those numbers in whatever sounds good to you and you know, like, oh yeah, like you just look at that number and you can say, okay, I always see twos now. And I'm like, Okay, if I'm I'm gonna tie a swan into this sequence. So now, when if you want to rem- memorize somebody's phone number, um, you can think of make up a story relating to these items. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you want to increase your memory today, you know you want to know like the secret to making sure. that happen. Tell me to use your memory. Start using your memory. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds so simple. <laughs> it, it it is. Cause you know what? I guarantee, I guarantee you that there was one point in your life where you had to either memorize your loved one's phone numbers or you had mm-hmm. like them written down somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how many I of us a page with all my best friends numbers so that I exactly <laughs> right? I had a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. So I challenge, I challenge your listeners today, memorize someone's phone number today, whatever method works for you. But start using your memory, start relying on your memory more Mm -hmm. because what happens after we reach adolescence is what's called synaptic pruning. Mm. And it's not to say that like your brain gets smaller. That's, that's an oversimplification, but the neurological connections that we make in our brain, they actually kind of, they, they get pruned a bit, if Mm -hmm. you will. So we make stronger connections with the things with the information that we rely on, on a day-to-day basis, because Mm -hmm. we don't, most of us anyways, don't need like 11th grade trigonometry to succeed in our day. Right. So we don't, our brain says, Nope, forgetting that. And I'm going to stick with, um, how to fill up my gas tank on my car. Yeah. So you went, but you can actually build more neurological connections by learning more. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure that helps us with old age with like not getting dementia and all of that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. They say, yeah. I still have random speaking of trigonometry. I still have random like mathematical equations memorized because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I had this algebra teacher who would use song to teach us. Yes. Yes. Doesn't it blow your mind? You see, that's another thing with learning. Like I guarantee anyone listening here, like knows the lyrics to like their favorite songs or even just like the current pop songs. And you cannot tell me that you can't like memorize someone's phone number. You can memorize like paragraphs and paragraphs of lyrics. Yeah. If that works for you, if you work, if you learn well from song, use Mm -hmm. that. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I also love what you said about that. Sometimes it's just a story we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I had that exact conversation around, uh, names. I used to have mm-hmm. that story in my head of, I'm not good with names. 
And the funny thing is about that is like whatever story we have in our mind, we're going to take the action to prove that story true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and now and now you have all this great evidence. Look. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it really just takes like when you decide like I'm good with names or I'm good at memorizing, Mm -hmm. then it really gets you to a space like, okay, because I'm good with names, what action can I take to like embody that and to Mm -hmm. bring that to life? Mm -hmm. So I love that. I'm curious to know, uh, we did touch on like how the school system has failed a lot of, a lot of us. And, um, I've always wondered, I don't have children yet, but I know I will have them soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, what does everyone, not everyone, you specifically, what do you think is missing from the public school system? Like what topics, not not the style mm. of learning, but what like topics mm. do you think children need to learn starting in like elementary school or maybe even kindergarten? Okay, we need we need another like three hours to dedicate <laughs> to this. Um, okay, I've got two answers for that. Okay. Um, the first is something that my son that I've really been pushing in my son, and I love seeing it now that he's about three and a half, he's really blossomed into, and that's emotional intelligence, self-awareness. I love, I mean, it was it was difficult, of course. Um almost falling on deaf ears when he was, you know, a baby. But now that he's growing a bit older, he can tell me, I feel blank, anxious, whatever, mm-hmm. excited, happy, frustrated, angry, because blank. Mm, yeah. That is such incredible insight. And we talk when we're reading books, what do you think this person's feeling? And then at this point, Right now, they haven't learned um, what's called theory of mind. So like being able to appreciate your perspectives different than my perspective. We can um, coexist with different beliefs, whether that's like you didn't see what I saw, even though you're in a different room, they haven't developed that Mm -hmm. level of cognition yet. But recognizing faces, okay, Mm -hmm. based off of like their body posture and what's going on in the story so far, what do we think they could be feeling right now. I wish I knew more adults that had that skill. Yeah. And it's, it's such a game changer for themselves and for the people around them. The other (laughs) thing is seriously basic life skills. It still blows my mind. Like, yes, I am an advocate for pushing yourself to learn calculus. If that's like what you want to do, if it's a requirement, don't, don't make it a bigger hurdle than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. But it blows my mind that we still like the average person doesn't know, hasn't learned how to do some basic self bookkeeping, money mm-hmm. management, um, how to pay taxes, how to get a job, how to sustain a job, how to work with people. What do healthy relationships look like? Oh, yeah. I could go on. It blows my mind. Or yeah. how about like some basic, I, I feel like um, at least locally, history has become a stronger subject now. Um, it, it drove me nuts. I didn't find out about, um, for example, the 60s scoop until I was like late twenties. Um, but we learned about world war two for the same subject, um, Mm. for like eight years in school, not to trivialize, um, either of those things, but we certainly could have had a broader knowledge and better understand. Oh, that's why some people are like this now. This is why this 
these people have been impacted in this way. This is how, oh, wait, now I get to show compassion for these people instead of whatever else you are Mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. Basic human functioning life skills is what I would love to see more (laughs) students come out with. Um, But until I am master of the universe, it doesn't sound like that will be (laughs) happening anytime soon. I feel like the school system might be relying too much on parents to teach their children that when Mm -hmm. we also live in a world where like my parents, for example, had to work all the time. They didn't have time to teach me that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think that that really should all be included. Mm -hmm. I would love to also see as just like a little bonus, a little gold star, um, I would love to see high school students graduate with at least some work experience in Mm -hmm. a trade of their choice. I feel like that would provide not only incredible work experience, but also show and introduce them to some, you know, potential opportunities where they get to try something and be like, oh, that is so not for me, but I liked this aspect of it. And then people could kind of have that safe you know, the safety net um, exploratory time period in their lives instead of waiting until, you know, afterwards. And they're just kind of like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to like find a job now. I don't even know what I I like. I know. Um, I don't like. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I feel like we're setting a lot of young people up for failure with that. Yeah. And we're like expected to know what we want to study. Mm Mm-hmm. When some of us, like me, when I was 18, I had no idea who the fuck I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no idea. And what I studied, I did follow my like creativity because I've always been creative. I studied fashion design. Very and cool. um, I loved it, but I hated working in the industry. It just was not for me. Mm-hmm. But that led me to other things. And had I found that out earlier, I probably would have taken a different route. Something that I would love to see in uh, schools is like philosophy or something with like spirituality, because Mm. for me, I was raised in a household that was like not religious at all. So when I finally discovered that, I was like, oh, wow. And I'm obsessed with it to this day. (laughs) Like that's like my my jam. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. You know what? I was the exact opposite. I would (laughs) have... You know, but you know what? The reason why I would have loved that is because I would have seen other possibilities mm. that were out there. Mm-hmm. That would have been really so cool for me. I, I totally get why, though, a lot of schools shy away from that. We, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, then there's there's I would love to see more choices. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. It's interesting how sensitive schools are on that topic, especially yeah. because there's like freedom of religion. So if there's freedom of it, why not like, I don't know, have a class telling us about all of them. Yeah. No kidding. you got to wait till a <laughs> university to yeah. get there. And yeah. even once you're, yeah, that's, that's uh, a huge enough filter on as it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that high school time, mm-hmm. what's some advice you would tell your 18 year old self if you could travel back in time? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stop caring. I cared way too much. I feel like so much, so many of us can relate. I cared way too much about what others thought. I mm-hmm. cared way too much about my future. Like I was always chasing mm. something. I didn't, but I also didn't really know what it was, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was better than what I had going on. So 
I focused on that. And in the meantime, I could have been having so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Stop. Stop. I mean, don't, I mean, yeah, still brush your teeth and, you know, be <laughs> reasonable. Um, but stop caring so much about, about, and worrying. Stop worrying. That's not helping. Yeah. Worrying, worrying never, never helped me. So preparing mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. But worrying, no. Yeah. That's such a tough age of like wanting to fit in with our peers. Mm-hmm. So I can, I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's so interesting now, especially these past few generations, we're in this conflict where biologically we've reached adulthood. Like we're capable of reproducing. We're capable, I mean, physically, at least most of us, um, you know, having a job and doing all these things. But yet um, so many of us have been babied or overprotected where Mm -hmm. we don't actually have the skills to back up those abilities. So we're facing this like internal conflict. And also I want my independence and I'm going to go and um, find myself, but also mom and dad, can you pay for my rent? And there's all these, (laughs) all these conflicts that we face. And it's, it's so difficult. I'm really curious to see how future generations are going to handle this conflict. And we're having babies later and you know we're taking on these responsibilities that our bodies have been telling us like oh no that's supposed to like have happened already you're mm. moving on now your body is moving into a different phase but your mind your social culture everything else is they're they're not communicating right mm. now we're asking mm. a lot of ourselves in some areas too much and then not enough or different at least than previous generations have Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. <laughs> oh, I'm a little okay. like, hmm, what are you exactly talking about? <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me, let me reframe this a bit. Okay. Our great grandparents, even great, great grandparents, probably they were having kids. Um, the women at least were bearing children around 16 through 20. That was the norm. That was average. And their slightly older husbands, peers, or, you know, partners, um, were a few years older. They had one career their entire lives. Mm. They worked that career. As long as they showed up, did their job, they could walk away and have, um, you know, a a decent house, uh, food on the table for the most part. Like, they they were set everyone's roles were very clear. You stay home, you provide for the children, you go to work and drink whiskey when you come back and smoke. And that's good. Like there was no ambiguity about what you're supposed to be, quote unquote, supposed to be doing what society's expectations of you were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair. I mean, not, I'm painting with huge broad brush strokes <laughs> here. I, I hope, I, I hope I'm not offending anyone. I'm just trying to <laughs> explain this. Um, it's broader concept. Nowadays, we have so many options, which is beautiful. We have this gorgeous buffet of, well, I could pursue a career. I could pursue, I could pursue parenthood. I could pursue both. I could do it all. I could have this huge giant plate of options. And some of us get to this buffet table, like we're thrown out of high school. It's like, okay, be, do your thing. Bye. Um, <laughs> and, we're, and we're just panic. And then you reach 
30 and 40 and 50. And some, a lot of us are, are still like, I don't even, uh, what, what? Oh, wait, was I supposed to be over here this whole time? Well, I don't know if I can do all of these things at the same time, but I feel like I'm supposed to be doing them well and not just like doing them all. I have to be like amazing. I have to be next level Pinterest worthy at all of these things. Our bodies, our minds, we just haven't evolved to that, at least mm-hmm. not at this time. And we have to appreciate that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. We're asking a lot of ourselves these days. Yeah. We're always connected where we have all these stimulations going on, like there is no way I would put so much money on that my great, great, great granddad stressed about work every night when oh, he yeah. went home. Door, you know, five o'clock, sure. clock out, go home, enjoy your life. We don't do that anymore. We're always plugged in. Mm-hmm. We're always, we're always worrying about the what ifs. We feel like there's so much insecurity. And because we have so many options, Some of us stagnate because we're too scared to pick an option and maybe it turns out to be the right one or maybe we found something that we love so much and we're making it way harder than it needs to be. We're forgetting to have fun and enjoy the process. So yeah, our beautiful, our our minds are so cool. And then a lot of us end up, um, and this comes back to learning We've uh, the DSM-5, which is like the current diagnostic tool in Canada and the US. um, It's a fantastic tool. And so many of us now, like if you if you just had access to like the the diagnostic material, you'd be like, holy shit, I have like five disorders and, and all these symptoms. And so much of it just comes back to like you're asking too much of yourself. Yeah. From trauma, too. Like from your trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Generational issues. Like, and that's the other thing. When we, you, you mentioned like your parents were busy working, mm-hmm. they didn't have time to teach you. I'm in the same boat. They didn't have time to teach you these important life skills, but yeah. our past generations, yeah, they were, they were right in there cooking with mom or, you know, called in to work at dad shop or whatever the case is. Right. We've had, and we were just surrounded by it. It was a no brainer. You just kind of fall into what needs fallen into. And, uh, and that was fine. A lot of people were happy with that. Of course, I'm sure that there was many that were dissatisfied and other things, of course, uh, but just broad brushstrokes. We're asking a lot of ourselves. We're asking a lot of each other. And -hmm. because so few of us see other people complaining or like, we often see, okay, well, someone doesn't work here anymore. There is probably wasn't a broader discussion in the workplace that like, oh, a lot of you are burnt out and it's yeah. impacting, <laughs> it's impacting our bottom line. We got to talk about that. I could go on for hours, but we're asking so much of ourselves and it's okay to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for diving deeper into that. I, te- I definitely agree with you. And I think because we ask so much of ourselves, like whoever's listening, I just want to invite you to give a moment to just ground yourself where you are Mm. right now. Like notice where your feet are, just take a breath, just get some like openness in your body and release, unclench your jaw, (laughs) Mm. just just, like Mm. release your muscles and allow yourself to just, Mm-hmm. This has been such a lovely conversation. I do have one more thing I want to ask you. 
please. Um, so usually I have entrepreneurs on here and I like to hear a lot about their journey. So I want to know what is like a failure in quotes, like a big failure that actually turned out to be a huge lesson in your entrepreneur journey? Oh, such a good question. You know what? It's my own personal life experiences because I fell flat on my face so many times and I feel like there's nothing that no one else could say to me that I could do that I haven't already done like a worser version in my head, in my imagination. Like I've already, you know, internally, cognitively lived out worst case scenario. Um, Now others get to benefit from that. Now I get to talk through, and even if I can't relate directly to whatever the person I'm working with that they're experiencing, I can still empathize and, oh yeah, I can imagine how that feels. And through my failures, through having, okay, well, I've, I've tried, I've tried doing too much. Mm -hmm. This is how it played out for me. How do you think we can find out some signs of, okay, well, it's getting to be too much or we're approaching that gray area. And now I get to help others solve those problems before they even happen. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Where can my listeners find out more about you and find you online? Uh, They can find me. I'm most active on Instagram at the learning mom. Uh, they can also find the list of my programs and trainings on the, uh, on the nontradaccelerator.com. Okay. I'll have to ask you for that link so I could pop it in the show notes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Camille. This is such a lovely conversation. I feel like we can talk for like a few more hours about I a know. few things. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, education, education, intelligence, what we tell ourselves. So powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful. We are our minds. Yeah. And we get to choose what that is. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, we do get to choose. And that's very empowering to get to that space where like, I know some of us hear that we get to choose. We hear it a lot, but when, mm. once you fully believe it with like every fiber of your being, mm. that's when you can shift. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Any last parting words? Yes. (laughs) Your audience needs to hear. You are so fucking capable. Whatever your goal is, add some. Add whatever, whatever, like you, it is capable. Someone else out there with less skills, with less training, with less confidence, whatever, they're doing what you want to do. And because you haven't done something, because you haven't tried it, or maybe you've tried before and it didn't work out, that's, that's just data. Mm. You get to now say, okay, well, I've really mastered a specific way of doing things. And now I know the results that that yields. Look mm. at it from a curious data analysis. Like I'm just gathering research. That's all I'm doing. Just gathering research, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. And again, you are so capable, regardless of what obstacles are in your way. Those are fun things that you get to overcome. You get to work with. That's flair that you get to bring <laughs> with you moving forward. You can do whatever you want. I truly believe that. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Openly Spoken. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other people find the podcast by leaving us a review over on iTunes or wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. I would also love to keep this conversation going if talking about the education system or any of the learning hacks brought up some stuff for you. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at selfexpressbabe. There's also the Instagram for the podcast at Openly Spoken, which during this break, I am working on content for that so that we can get consistent on there because we've been pretty quiet on that Instagram. But thank you again for listening. I'm so grateful for you. I hope you have a beautiful holiday season and a happy new year. And I will see you in January or I will see you on Instagram. (laughs) 